Easy. Yeah. Yeah. That is Glasser. Goal. Hi, everybody. It's time for podcast 74 from Football Anya. I'm Michael Statham, and as usual, I'm with Mike Bell, the website editor. We're going to be talking about the new season. Uh, there's plenty to talk about. Thanks to your questions that you sent in on Twitter about the Netherlands and the Eredivisie. Some young players at the start of this new season. Wesley Schneider and Ian Robbins' potential returns to the Eredivisie as well. Before I do begin, just something very quick. We often get asked about how we can be supported. We don't have a Patreon page or anything like that. But should you wish to donate money to us, it does help us grow uh, as a website and what we can do. Um, and the way to do that is by purchasing one of our Euro 2020 wristbands. Now, it has been pushed back a similar competition, but the wristbands are still valid. The competition will be called Euro 2020. In addition to that, if you don't wish to purchase the wristband, but you do wish to support what we do, you can, of course, leave a note on a purchase, which I will leave in the comments and the description of wherever you're listening whether that's YouTube, SoundCloud or iTunes, um, as to how you can do that. But yeah, thank you anyway for your support that you give us in general with your comments and your questions that you send in. Um, it means a lot to us. Anywho, time for the podcast. Mike, it's great to talk to you again about the new season. We've had a break for about five weeks, I think, between our last podcast, but it feels like we've moved from the end of the last season to the beginning of this new one. And in the meantime, the area of Izzy have announced that the season will begin on the 12th of September, which is after the Netherlands international break, which includes the Nations League fixtures. And there will be plenty of fixtures throughout August as the Eredivisie clubs will prepare for the new season. It looks like all of the fixtures are domestic, pretty much, between Dutch and sort of Belgian teams. Uh, for example, there's one feature one, which is between Ajax and Utrecht, which could be a good watch. But that's next month. One of the big things that happened in the news between now and then was Arjen Robben's return to Dutch football. He re-signs for his first club, FC Groningen. What do you make of that transfer, Mike? And I guess it's good to get our opinions because people might be interested to know actually how much can he succeed? He had a whole year out of football since he retired with Bayern Munich. Is he going to be the same player that he once was? I think it's, you know, it's really exciting for... Their division is really exciting for the fans of the club, and I can't wait to see what he brings to to run in next season. You know, he's going from playing with world class players to playing with some that are not so good. But you know, I think he's going to be you know a superstar for that club. I think he's going to be named a captain. He's just going to bring the fans back. He's going to bring excitement to the club again. And for me, you know, they weren't that far off European spots before the season was was ended, and with. Robin there, you can see them challenging for for Europe, for at least a Europa League spot um, for the playoffs. Yeah, I think it's it's great for them. It seems like he's only going to be paid if he plays. Um, I've seen him working on his fitness in like recent weeks, and he says he's top fit. If he can play like he did in his last season at, at Bayern, then yeah, he's probably still one of the best players that will be playing in their division next season. Um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to seeing how he gets on and for me the surprise is that Nohronen have these players that still want to leave the club like Zifuik and you're wondering why they would want to go now because there's so much excitement around the club now and it could be challenging and it could be a chance to play with Arjen Robin should surely be expiring these players to, to stay um, but yeah I think it's it's great for Gunnar and I'm excited to see what other players they can sign this, this season and see how they get on in pre-season. 
we received lots of questions for this week's podcast and a few were about Robin and Schneider. One of them was from Lewis. He said, is Groningen versus Utrecht going to be the game to watch out for when the games don't include Ajax final, PSV and RZ? I guess from an interest factor of how Robin plays and potentially Schneider will come on to him in a minute. Yeah, I can see why that might be a feature match. I disagree with your point there, Mike, about um, Groningen being able to push for the top positions in the league just because um, they they don't have a lot of good players around that. And like you said, actually, a couple of players will be leaving this summer. Seifalk, um is set on leaving. There's a couple of solid players in there, but Mike Tavielik was a captain and a good defender. He's leaving for Derby County. So I personally don't see him challenging for top five, six in the league. Could, they could surprise me, though. They could still make a couple more signings around that. They've just got a lot of average midfielders and a lot of young players that are still to develop. Um, in terms of how Robin might get on, I think that he... He'll be, he'll be taking on some lesser defenders. Left-backs are going to be fearing him so much. I think he'll have some of them on toast. He's going to lack some of the pace, but he's just got too much skill, I think, to beat some of these Eredivisie-level defenders. I really wonder how he'll get on in those bigger matches, though. How he's going to get on against um, the top full-backs in the league, what PSV and Feyenoord and, and all of those teams can, can put out. He's got a long way to go. It's like being out injured for an entire year it can sometimes be hugely detrimental to the player. But Robin, from the pictures I was seeing on Honigan's YouTube channel, he looks he looked fit and he looked ready to go. And I think he was getting some preparation done before the rest of the squad came back as well, which is another good sign. With, with Schneider though, Mike, he's obviously a legend for the Netherlands and around the same age as Robin. But I, I think that most, most Dutch football fans saw the pictures of him at the stadium um, he was definitely enjoying retirement far too much and far more than Robin was. Surely you don't think that there's going to be a return for him too at Eredivisie level? No, I can't see it happening. Um, I think that we saw the pictures and he's just released his biography and the, the person who wrote it was in the media a few weeks ago saying that he was worried about Schneider. You know, he's, he's a bit of a party animal. Um, will he be able to, you know, seriously knuckle down and does he have the enthusiasm to come out and get himself fit again unlike Robin who's, who's close to, to fitness he's only been out for a year you know Schneider's two years and he's put on a lot of weight you know Schneider said he can get fully fit within one two months but I can't see it he's going to train with an amateur club at the end of this month if I was to make a prediction I think he would train a few times with an amateur club see that his level is, is far below what it needs to be and then it'll become announced that he's not going to come back. I think it'll, it'll fall through before the, the start of the season. I think Utrecht fans would love to see him because he's you know, a fan of the club and he's been around the stadium last season. He, he's got a box there and they'd like to see him. But you know, if you were a Utrecht midfielder right now, like Ramsar, Van der Strake, you know, would Schneider be able to reach their level? Right now, I don't think so. You know, he could probably receive the ball and spring some passes around, but I don't think he's going to do much running. Um, and for me, it just seemed like a bit of a, a waste of time. Um, again, if he came in on a free and only asked to be paid for the games he played in, then fine. But it's going to take a lot of work to get him anywhere near fitness levels. And I think with, with Robin, he's probably raring to go, whereas Schneider, I could see him playing like maybe one, two matches off the bench. 
for a cameo, spend a few passes, not do much running, and then that'll be it. And I don't really see the point of that. I think he should just stay retired and enjoy his retirement. A few of you are asking that whether Schneider would return to football. I guess this situation reminds me of. I'm an Aston Villa fan, and it reminds me of Stylian Petrov. He was unfortunate to come down with leukemia and couldn't play football for a number of years, but was so determined to make a comeback um, in his 30s that he lost an awful lot of weight that was put on because of the illness he had. And he actually returned to amateur football um, and he impressed so much at that level that he actually started training again with Aston Villa. And I just wonder whether Schneider has the same determination that, that Stylian Petrov had. I, I really doubt it. And Petrov, in the end, actually was denied a, a one-year contract. He said he'd play for free. And again, I'm not sure that Schneider's in for it like that. So in terms of mentality, I don't know if he has what, got what it takes to lose the weight, get fit, and be, like you said, the likes of Van der Steek and um, Ramsalar, who are decent players. Utrecht aren't um, a lower Eredivisie team. They're also not as, as poor as Koningen, in my opinion. I think they're actually a very decent outfit. I don't see where Schneider fits in there. And I would, I really don't see him coming back to any sort of professional club. It would be good to see him play at amateur level, though, and I'm sure that the club at, at non-league level will get a lot of revenue from having him around. And there's a question from Abdul, just to finish our discussion about Robin and Schneider, who um, I think is getting optimistic, but given how determined he is to play professional football again, Abdul asks, can Robin play for Aranya again? What do you think about that, Mike, with the Euros and the Nations League coming up? Well, strangely, you know, Ronald Kimmon was asked about it and he didn't rule it out. He just said, we'll see how he performs and we'll take it from there. And if we have to have a conversation with him again, then he will. Um, and for me, if Robin comes into Eredivisie next season, shows that a really high level, scores into double figures, impresses and, you know, he becomes an option again. And I don't see why not. I think if he comes out of retirement and yeah, he still could be one of the best Dutch wingers around, would I rather have Iron Robin in the squad or Ryan Babel? It's, it's, you know, it's light and day, it's Iron Robin every single time. So I think that's an option off the bench. If he, he comes in and keeps, say, Calvin Stengs or Bordeaux out of the squad and they're performing well, then I'd see it as a bit of a shame. But if Robin comes back, shows top form, then I don't see why not. On the topic of the Netherlands then, and the Nations League in particular, there are some fixtures coming up in September, all being well um, with the pandemic, of course, that we can return to football. And the Netherlands play Poland and Italy, both in Amsterdam, in September. What do you make of the Netherlands' chances in that, Mike? It was a question from one of our listeners who asked um, about what the chances are and can they win the group in the Nations League? As I said, Poland, Italy in the group, also Bosnia in there too. Yeah, why not? Um, it's an easier group than what we had last time with, with Germany and France. I think the Italy games will be tough and, and Poland are a good side with Lewandowski, but you know, everyone's going to that with no reason to not think that they can win that group. I think that Italy are a decent side, they've got some good young players, but so then everyone's and I think that they can beat every single team in that group. Um, yeah, I don't see why not. They can't win it. Yeah, me too. I think actually this is a weaker group than the last one they had. They had France and Germany last time. And this time, yes, Italy are a good team. All three are good teams. But I think that Netherlands, when they're playing well, can beat all three of those. 
Um, why not believe that they can do the same again? And it would just be good to see them play again, I think, after so long. And, of course, without the Euros uh, this summer, it will be a nice um, return to football, international football, when we see them play. Whilst we're still with the Netherlands, there's a good question that we had in from um, at S underscore VDH about Atalanta. Atalanta are doing a great job, aren't they, in Serie A, Mike? They, they're like in the top four, really chasing Champions League football again, and they're not out of the Serie A title race yet. There's three Dutchmen that play for them. Um, Delone is a midfielder who, of course, is quite heavily chosen by Wanakuma at the moment for the side. There are then two fullbacks as well who play wing-back for Atalanta. Robin Hosens, who is German and Dutch, and at the moment has said he won't rule out playing for Netherlands, but he was nearly capped by Germany before the pandemic began. And you've also got Hans Harteber, who's the right wing-back, who was at a time selected by Koeman, but then became out of favour. I'll give my view in a second, Mike, because I'm quite interested in hearing yours. Um, the guy on Twitter was asking how many of those can be in the Netherlands squad next summer. Do you think that they deserve to be in the squad at the moment? Well, I think that, you know, Darun is a permanent member of the squad now. I think he'll definitely be there. Hosens, he's got to pick Germany. I, I can't see anything other than that. He came out and said that he's hoping that Germany come back in from after, you know, this summer once the internationals come back, I think Yugi Lowe will pick him. He's, he's stayed in good form and he'll pick Germany over Netherlands, sadly, and I think that again, it's a case of Netherlands moving a bit too slowly to, to cap him. Um, he's, his interest was there for a while. He just wasn't chosen. Um, Hatteboer, he's having a great season with Atalanta, but every single time I've seen him play for Netherlands, I've not been impressed. But the right back position is one of the weakest, and if he continues the high level into next season, one, why not? I think that Darren will definitely be there, but my only problem with Darun is that he gets played in games that he's not useful enough. He's he's played in games where you only really need one defensive midfielder and sometimes Kuman plays him and Frankie De Jong. I don't think it's necessary when he could be playing Van de Beek. So I think Darun will be there. Um, against the tougher games, I can see him starting alongside Frankie De Jong while against the lesser sides, which, you know, no disrespect to Ukraine, Austria, and the, the third team that will be in Netherlands group. Do you really need two defensive midfielders against them? Probably not, when you can have a, a Wijnaldum or a, a Van de Beek in there. I think Durin will definitely be there next summer. And this depends on, on Hattabur and how he can continue to perform. I think he'll get another chance. He just needs to take it. For me personally, I, I think that Hattabur will be given another chance. But yes, he did not impress me when he played for the Netherlands. I just can't believe that he's playing at the minute uh, so well in Syria. He's, of course, playing a different position as well. Hartabur and Hosens are both playing wing-backs and Koeman favours four at the back at the moment. He has had history, of course, of playing five at the back, but I think that's unlikely now because he likes to play more attacking and, like you say, play Daron in the midfield position, as defensive midfield. He, he doesn't often choose four at the back, and then three more attacking minded midfielders. But a really good point on the fact that Jerome plays in matches where he's not needed. And I think it would be great to see in future, like you said, Mike, um, perhaps Van der Beek and Van Alden playing a little bit deeper and uh, the introduction of Mohi Atada as the attacking midfielder in the 10. 
I think that could be something really exciting in the future when they're trying to break down teams who are really defensive, particularly um, when they're playing at home. I wonder about Hosen's though. I, I, I'm going to go on the opposite of the fence, and I think that if Kuman gets in for him, he'll choose Adanya, and they definitely need another choice at left-back, as I don't I don't know if Blint can keep playing at left-back. We have been up and down with Blint over the past five years. And more recently, of course, he has impressed and done really well, but he's also starting to age. And Hosen's isn't young, but he's in his 20s, and why can't he be... Uh, a good second choice for now, and then eventually settle in to become first choice left back. Yeah, I can see it happening if Kumin tries to convince him and Jeremy don't come in for him. But I think that he has basically come out and said recently that you know he's waiting for that one from Jeremy. He doesn't rule out Netherlands if it doesn't come. So I think he is holding out for Jeremy, and I think if Jeremy decides in September once the Nations League come in that they'll give him a cap. He's got to choose them. Um, I hope I'm wrong, and I hope that he, he chooses the Netherlands because I think he is another great option at left back. You know, you've got Vindal coming through, and he'd be another option because Blind, yeah, he's more playing at centre back for Ajax now. I don't really like him playing at left back, but he seems to just be played there because you need to have him in the side. Um, I don't think it's his natural position. I think it is a weak side for the Netherlands as well as the right back position. But, you know, we shall see. We'll see what happens in September and see what um, happens with Yugi Lowe. Does he pick him? Does he not? Then that would open the chance for Netherlands. Finally, there is a question from Bo Ritkers. And he says, who do you think will be the strikers for the 2022 World Cup? For me, Mike, it's got to be Moran Boadou. You'd think after another couple of years of development, he will be first choice and he's going to be a smashing striker. Yeah, he's going to be an excellent prospect and... I think if you asked this question a couple of years ago, we'd be struggling to find names and we'd be a bit worried about the striker situation of the Netherlands. But by 2022, Netherlands might have some some great prospects. And you've got Joshua Zerksi at Bayern Munich. You've got Bordeaux. You've got Donia Malin coming through. And I'm excited to see what he does for, for PSV. And then you've got some at Ajax coming through, such as Sontia Hansen and Brian Brobby. Um, so, yeah, we'll see how they develop over the next couple of years. But I think that the... Netherlands strikers shortage is coming to an end and in the next couple of years we'll see some very exciting young talents all battling for that one slot up front and it's uh, good to see. Moving on then to more Eredivisie matters. One of the questions we had in, in fact a few people asking this one, Daniel Marlin and Sam Lummers, when are they going to be back for PSV? Both were injured for long, long periods uh, last season and it meant that PSV struggled for goals and didn't get the wins they needed for a top three finish. So when do you think they'll be back, Mike? As far as I know, it's the start of the season, but will they be ready and raring to go by September? Well, as far as I knew, Sam Armors was back playing for PSV before the lockdown. He was fit again. And Donia Mallon, according to reports yesterday, has got the all clear to return to training as soon as it starts up. So I think that both of them will be fit for the start of the season. Um, they'll be playing for PSV when, when they kick off are obviously very positive for them. And one of the players they've been linked with is Adireza Yohanbaksh. Not only PSV, but Ajax were also interested in loaning the Brighton winger, who impressed for a few seasons with Arden Altmar. A question from Salmon, I believe, who asked, are there any Dutch clubs interested in Yohanbaksh? I guess my question to you, Mike, is, is the interest genuine? Because as far as I know, I don't know why PSV and Ajax would want to go and loan him given his wage and um, 
and how poorly he's been doing for Brighton. I know he's done well with RZ, but do you think that a club such as Ajax is going to take a punt on him? I think that Ajax's interest is is gone. I think they've got Mohamed Kudos now. I think he's the dynamic attacker they're looking for. And I think PSV is an option. I think if money's tight and they're looking at one options, I don't see why your hand back cash can't be a good one for them. Um, you know, they struggled with Bruma. I think they'll be trying to sell him this summer to raise some funds. And yeah, if they want an Eredivisie level winger, you can't there's not many out there that are as good as Johan Bakash and if Brian are, all, are willing to let him go on loan, then I don't see why PSV wouldn't go for him. And I think he's a good option. I don't think Feyenoord will. I think they've got Winston. They're happy with him. And I can't see him going back to AZ Alkmaar. So I think if you're looking at an Eredivisie club to move in from, it's going to be PSV or no one. Yeah, I would be surprised if it happens, uh, if PSV go in for him. It reminds me a little bit of when they loaned Brian Ruiz, who was a good player and had impressed for a long time with FC Twente at the top of the Eredivisie, but came back and just wasn't quite the same player. He scored a few goals, but just wasn't quite the same. And I, I hope it's not the same for Ali Reza because I absolutely love watching him play for RZ. But after so long of not really playing for very much, I just don't know if his confidence is going to be completely shot, having not really been able to break foot Brighton, who I think he should have been able to. It's just a shame that he's played on the... The, the, the sort of right or left midfield rather than in a front three winger position. I think it really hinders what he can do on the football pitch. Sticking on transfer news, Donny van der Beek, he has long been rumoured with a move away, but it came out this week that Real Madrid no longer could afford a big signing this summer and they were the club who were most interested in him. I guess the next question is, is it going to be Manchester United? Someone, uh, two questions on Twitter about him, wondering, is he going to be staying at Ajax for another season? Him and Andre Nana were rumoured to leave. Could they both stay? I think the the possibility of it happening is increasing. I think that Onana's really looking at Chelsea and Chelsea are only going to look at him if they sell Kepa and with Van der Beek. You know, Real Madrid are out of it. That also impacts Manchester United in the case that if Real Madrid wanted Paul Pogba, they can't afford him now, so he's not going to go. And you know, my United going to splash out forty million for another midfielder when they've already got Bruno Fernandez, Pogba. Um, I can't see it. So then, looking at other possibilities with Newcastle if this takeover ever goes through, try and sign him. That's a possibility. And there's Everton if they're going to overhaul their squad and they've got quite a lot of money to spend this summer. You know, Marcel Brands knows Van de Beek well. They become a possibility, but then it was up to Van de Beek. What does he want to do? Does he want to go stay at Ajax, play in the Champions League, be at a club where he's comfortable, or go play for, say, a Newcastle or Everton? He won't be playing in Europe next season. And if it goes wrong and he's benched by, say, Everton, and like what happened with David Klassen, then it could impact him going into Euros next summer. So I think that if Manchester United and Real Madrid interest doesn't come back, say, for instance, if Real Madrid somehow sells somebody for a lot of money, then they decide to go for Van der Beek. It's a possibility, but then I think the, the chances of him staying at Ajax keep increasing day in, day out, right at the moment, but we shall see. It's still, you know, the transfer window's not even open yet. The season in England's not even finished yet. So it's still got long time to go, I'm sure there'll be plenty of rumours 
flying around in the next couple of months and we just need to see. It just raises questions that Ajax signed Mohamed Kudus. Um, I think that's how you pronounce his name anyway. K-U-D-U-S, Kudus. He seems like a very exciting prospect. 19 years of age, the Ghanaian attacking midfielder. Now, if he's been signed to play in the 10, is that a more of a replacement for Hakim Ziyech, even though he played in the wing? Or is that a replacement for Donny van der Beek when he leaves? Well, everyone in Dutch press seems to say that he'd be more suited to, say, replacing van der Beek because of the way he plays. He plays in Denmark. He was like a false nine, dropping deep, picking up the ball, dribbling, finding spaces, pulling defenders around, which is kind of what van der Beek does. So it seems like he's that sort of player. But, you know, replacing Hakim ZX is basically impossible by actually, you know, they've got Anthony and they've got Kudus now, so we'll see which one of them comes into the side to, re to replace him. But I think if you're Eric Ten Hag and the option to keep Van der Beek, you know, happens that he's going to be happy with the fact that he's now got a lot of options for Brace position. And I'm, I'm sure you want to keep an Anna, Tagliafico as well, if, if the interest in them doesn't materialise in the next few months. I think if you look to the way that Kudos plays, I'd say he's been signed as a possible replacement for Van der Beek. Do you know, I start to wonder though, why Ajax are signing attacking midfielder after attacking midfielder. It's nice to have so many options in the ten and on the wings, but there's questions still remains about their striker and defensive midfield. They don't have many options in, in those two positions and that's where they need to strengthen. So why are they signing so many attacking midfielders now? It's just the Ajax way, isn't it? They still have attackers, but um, yeah. for the striker role, you know, they've got Traore, they've got Brobby, they've got the likes of Promise, who can play there, they've got Tadic, who can play there. Um, you know, try to get Brobby to sign a new contract. You know, he's going to sign a new contract if, say, they signed another striker, then they're like, look, you're now six in the pecking order. He's coming to, he's now 19. And he might end up deciding that he wants to to move elsewhere, if, you know, Huntoir's staying for another year. I just don't think they need another striker. I think that they've got the options to play there. Um, and yeah, even on the wings, you know, they're set. They've got Promise, they've got Neres, they've got Tarek who can play there. Then they've got Anthony, who might be a winger. And then they've got Hansen. Yeah, and, you know, the player that I feel quite sorry for is Akelin Camp. I just can't see him ever making his, his breakthrough every single time. It seems like he might get a chance. It seems like they're signing another midfielder that can play in his position. Um, so yeah, I can see him if they're going to start loaning out players like they've done with, with Kick Pieri, then you know, why not send out Camp as well if he's not going to get a chance. Then you got other youngsters like Kenneth Taylor and Nats Univar knocking on the door as well. I mean, it's, for Ayrton Hag, it's great. He's got so many attacking options, but you know, it's, it's going to come to a stage where these youngsters who have not signed new contracts here are going to get Annoyed by the fact that their path to the first team is getting blocked. There's another question about transfer news here, Mike, and it's about the new signing for Sparta Rotterdam, Raider Karchuc. He scored 20 goals in 28 appearances for Telstar in the Dutch second division last season. He's 24 years old. It's been quite a quick rise for top for him. The question was from Lewis on Twitter. What do we think about him moving from Telstar to Sparta and will he be a starter there? And can he make can he make a do with the step up to the Eredivisie at the age that he is? I think it's worth mentioning that Sparta have lost a lot of strikers over the past summer or of January as well. The lad they let go to Brentford, 
um, and the striker who went to Eintracht Frankfurt. The two names are just escaped my mind for some reason. I'm, I'm sure you'll catch me up on them in just a second, Mike. They need some strikers. They've already signed Lennart T this summer on a free transfer from Peck Swaller. And yeah, Karchuk, I think, is expected to be their starting striker, but they know they've got T as well. They often play with two strikers up front. I think it would be those two playing together. And I, I, I know that Sparta like to play that way, and I'm sure they'll get goals out of those two strikers. Yeah, um, replacing Ragnaraki is going to be a tough job. Um, he's a great striker for them last season. It's going to be interesting to see how he, he steps up. You know, last year was his first year as a professional. Um, we've seen the strikers come up from the second division and do well. Vincent Janssen being you know, the poster boy for that. Serial Dessers as well. And um, then there's some that didn't do so well. Like Tom Bohr, you know, he came up from the second division. Everyone thought he was going to be the next Vincent Janssen and it didn't really work out. So let's see. You know, he got a lot of goals last season in the second division. And let's see if he can handle the, the step up because I think Spire Rotterdam will they'll need goals next season. He could be the one to provide them. Um, they've lost Ake, they've lost Joe Perot, who was on one from PSV. Uh, Dervis Ogle is now Brentford. Um, but yeah, I think they've signed two, two decent options, Ties. You know, he's a good Eredivisie striker and yeah, I'm excited to see what Jack Kuch can can bring. And a question from at S underscore VDH. He wants an update on Ferdi Kadioglu. What's the latest with him? He started to impress in Turkey, didn't he, Mike? Yeah, he started to get more starting appearances. He started to to really impress. Um, Fenerbahce fans really like him. He's basically one of the key players now. Um, he, he's not really got a chance for the past two years, but he's now it looks like it's he's now a permanent part of the side. He's got a couple of goals. And last week he's going to have got four goals and three assists this season. And yeah, he, he seems to be finally showcasing his talent over there. I know Fenerbahce aren't having a good season. And we'll see how he does next year. He's still only 20. Everyone's under 21 international. It, whenever I've tweeted out about Kadioglu, I always get a lot of Fenerbahce fans saying that he's going to get called up to Turkey and that's what he wants now. But we'll see what happens with that. And if um, when the internationals come around in September. If there's never one's under 21's games, I'm, I'm sure he'd be part of that squad and then we we'll need to see if he wants the future with the Dutch national team. The number 10 position, you're looking at the future, you're looking at Ai Hatterin, who's for me a top prospect and a much brighter youngster than Kadioglu. So that's good to have options. So Kadioglu could be back up to that in the, in the future. So it's one that I wouldn't want everyone's to lose out on. But he's not necessarily one that Kimmins going to call up in September because he's not you know that level yet. No, he's not. He has to keep impressing in Turkey and being one of the best players in that country. I think if he's going to break into Aranya and even be an option, just because of the amount of attacking midfielders and wingers that they've got who are full of pace and trickery, don't know where Kadioglu fits in there. The rest of our questions are kind of curveball questions and um, make for some interesting conversation, Mike. The first one being from Kel L. Who are the top five breakout stars to look out for who that aren't in the top three Eredivisie clubs? Um, that's not including Ajax PSV in final. Of course, RZ did finish second last season. So I'm going to assume that RZ aren't in what you were asking there, Kel L. And I know that RZ have got lots and lots of brilliant youngsters coming through. 
One who I keep raving about, Motobuni, a great winger. He's going to be really, really important next season because uh, Idrissi is leaving the club. And we could be seeing Tabuni taking over either as an option off the bench or as a starter. Um, Mine as well at RZ is a good box-to-box midfielder. I think we just want to see a bit more from him in terms of attacking contribution and um, being important defensively if he's going to play a bit deeper. So there's two players from RZ. It's really hard being put on the spot like that, Mike. I, I usually prepare answers to the questions, but this one I didn't just because there's so many throughout the league. I'm sure that once you start talking, I'll go, oh yeah, him. Yeah, I've uh, been out through a um, few. Um, at AZ, Ty Susting has been promoted to the, the first team next season as well. He's a midfielder. Um, for Heron Vane, I've got Arjen van der Heide. He seems to be around for a while. He was on the bench a lot last season. Exciting winger. Um, I want to see him finally come into it. I know he's got Van Bergen and the Juke ahead of him. Um, if one of them leaves, then he might be the choice. FC20, I think, are going to be an interesting club to watch. Next season with the players that they're signing. Um, a couple of Dutch youngsters on loan. Keith Pieri from Ajax, the centre-back. And Nathan Markello from Everton, who's another defender. I'll be interested to see how they do. Thomas Boytink, I think it's finally going to be his year to impress with Vitesse up front. Um, at Kroningen, a lot of youngsters coming through. you got Postema, you got the Van Cam brothers, Daniel and Joel, and Keane Slaw, the winger. I think that yeah, you're going to have Arjen Robin there, but I think you're going to have quite a few exciting youngsters as well, so we want to keep an eye out. One that I'm very intrigued by is that Willem Tway, um, Rick Zuderweik, who's a midfielder who is linked with Barcelona in January. Um, he stayed, he's made his debut last year, but I think he's going to be more of a starter next season, so I want to see how, how good he is and see if he is worthy of that you know, interest from. Barcelona, because he could be another exciting talent. Obviously, Frankie Dion came from Villain Tway, so he could be the next one like that. And then, yeah, that's the ones I've got so far. But I'm sure later in the summer, on our Football Around Your website, we'll have a big list of the youngsters to watch. And then we'll see some more coming through in, in pre season as well, because I'm sure clubs like Herenveen, VVV, Twente, might not be able to sign a lot of players. This summer, so they'll be relying on some youth prospects, and a few, a few, I'm sure, will fall under the radar until the season starts. Some good names there, Mike, and I, I was listening to that, going, ah, yes, of course. Then um, you are right. There's a massive list on our website that the both of us, mainly mainly Mike, of course, um, put together, full of Eredivisie talents that you can watch next season in the Dutch league. So please do have a look at that if you haven't already. Also on our YouTube channel, we've got lots of videos about young players that are coming through in the league. So feel free to check those out too. Van der Heide is an interesting one. I actually am in contact with someone who works at FC Head and Vane. And he, he always raves about Van der Heide and says about how good he is. So I wonder if he'll make lots of appearances next season. As you said, if one of Aduke or um, Van Berken leave, I think Van Berken's going to be leaving the club. Aduke will stay another season. And Hinnevain always bring through young players, just people you just not you haven't heard of before or weren't aware of. As for Zaldivik at Willem Tway, um, I hope he isn't listening to our podcast because I think he didn't come out in the media saying that he was sick of comparisons to Frankie de Jong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's another one then. Um, but yeah, he did. Um, but it's inevitable if he's a 
midfielder that comes through Willem Twain gets linked to Barcelona, then the, the links are obvious and yeah, he's probably a different different player. And we'll see next season if he's the same sort of level because it could be another exciting player for Willem Twain who have already got so many youngsters that are impressed this season, such as India, Shimi, Nanoi and, and Pavlidis. Having a flick through the questions we've got left on our podcast, um, thanks for the comment, Michael. He says, great news, looking forward to the podcast. Um, sorry, it's been a while since we did our last one, Michael. And we have a question from Andrew. Just going to bring it up. There it is. With more and more US youth players coming going to German teams, do you believe that Dutch teams will increase their scouting of American players? Uh, Andrew, as I'm, I assume you've got an interest in um, American youth players and you may already be aware of um, Chris Gloster at PSV and the Desma at PSV as well. Two very good um, players are coming through who are just about hitting 20, I believe, in terms of their age. So I'm sure that a first team debut is coming very soon for those those guys. Uh, there's another guy at Ajax, isn't there, Mike, who's American too? And I, I'm sure that yeah. many... Alex Mendes plays for... Ajax as well. He's an American youngster. I know that lots of people uh, listen to this podcast are from the USA, and yeah, there are often um, players that, that head to Europe because they know how good the youth teams are. And if you've got players such as um, Gloucester who rave about how good the Netherlands is to develop, then you're going to see a lot more coming through soon. I think it's inevitable that also lots go to Germany just because it's a big country. It's a stronger leagues as well. Uh, yeah, I think you've, you'll see more coming to the Netherlands' own future based on what other players are aware of. Yeah, I think so too. I think that, that Ajax and PSV at the moment seem to be really interested in the South American market. That seems to be where they're scouting a lot of um, Mexico as well. So. It, no doubt that they'll also have their eyes on the American youth system and trying to get some more of them because yeah there's a few in the heard of us right now and I think with Desma I think we'll see him a lot more for PSV next season I think he'll make his debut he's really good for young PSV last season so I think yeah he'll be the next American to make, make a break, breakthrough into the heard of us a question from Cam was asking about the Ajax stock if if a billionaire puts some stock into Ajax, then will the club get some money from that? Well, yeah, I, I, I'd assume so. I don't think either of us are aware of how the stock works. If you buy some for a club, one would assume that if an investor p- purchases lots of stock, yeah, they would, would certainly benefit from that. A question we'll finish with from Rissam. We talked about Kit Piddy earlier joining FC Twente. I think just on him first. I, I can't believe that he's agreed to be loaned out to an Eredivisie club, given that if had he not left SC Hellenvain, he was a captain of that club, playing at centre-back every single week. And now he's ended up spending the year in the Dutch second division to then go back out on loan to a, a mid-table Eredivisie club. It was a strange choice for him. And now I think you can see that he's lost a, a season in his development. He needs to play every every week for Twente this season. That That is, that is a a certainty but Wissam's question was just asking what the expectations are for Twente next season and for me they've got to be a mid-table team that's pushing for the Europa playoff spots given how rich the club are and how much they are they, they are likely to invest in their squad this summer 
they lost a lot of players, a lot of their first team players, so a lot of a lot of them left for free. So they've got some rebuilding to do. Um, but I fully expect that they will be uh, mid-table this season. What do you think, Mike? Yeah, as I said, I'm excited to see what happens with FC20 in the summer because the Brian Pierre and the Brian Markel, but are also getting linked with a lot of players that used to play for them. So Elia, um, he seems to be on his way back to the Netherlands. He keeps coming out saying that he's in talks with Dutch clubs and one of the ones he said that he'd be open to going back to is FC20. Then you've got Brian Ruiz, who got mentioned earlier on, saying that he would like to play for FC20 again. And they've also been linked to Ola John, who's a blast from the past. Um, he's playing in Portugal at the moment. So yeah, I think they're in for an interesting summer. I'd like to see his sign. I think that they lost away a bit last season. I think some of the signings they made were not very good. And the manager, I don't think he was great. Garcia, he's gone now. And you've got Ron Jans in charge. I think he's a good option for them. I think that they're going to rebuild this summer. I think a lot of their, their foreign players have left. Um, they had a lot of Spaniards, Aitor and He's went to Olympiacos. Um, so, yeah, I'm excited to see who they bring in this summer. Really loan. Got some exciting youngsters coming through. Really like Godfried Romer Atto at the uh, midfielder. I'll see more of him next season. Wyndon Salahi is getting linked to a lot of clubs as well. So, yeah, I think they're going to be mid table to ninth, eighth sort of position next year, then they can build from there. I think sometimes that Dutch football fans, especially if you're from the Netherlands, uh, look down upon FC Twente and sometimes laugh at their misfortune. From my point of view, it's great to see such a big club succeeding again in the league. It's been great to talk to you, Mike, and I know that there's plenty more to come from us now. It's the start of a new season. It's got that feeling about it. A lot of clubs are turning to training in the last couple of weeks and lots of signings are starting to happen too. It's later than usual, but there's also a long time to go until the Eredivisie season actually kicks off sort of a month after, isn't it? So there's going to be lots more coming from us on our website and all our platforms to stay tuned for that. And I'm sure we'll do another podcast soon as well. Thanks everybody for listening. And yeah, please leave a like, leave a comment and subscribe wherever you're listening. Bye for now.